The views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. So have I torn you away from the uh, the big game? Listen, yeah, you have, actually. I'm only watching it because there's nothing else to watch and because I hate Tom Brady so much. It at least gives me something to root against and root for. I don't know what to say about sportball, as you already know. You, you're, you, yeah, you, other than the fact that you're not a sports fan. Haven't even a clue as to how many innings are in football. Yeah, there's uh, there's four, and uh, no sticks are involved. Well. Or bats. Not on the field, anyway. That's true. I will, uh, as soon as we're done here, I will we'll probably finish at about the time Katy Perry takes the stage. And with what I do for a living, I'm supposed to watch this very, very carefully and comment and analyze. So I, I will. Well, good luck with that. Well, thank you. You know that there's actually something called a prop bet on how many times Katy Perry will change costumes during her halftime show? She's got 12 and a half minutes. There's also another prop bet on how much cleavage she will show and a few other things, like special guests. We know that Lenny Kravitz is going to be there, but uh, there are other bets on uh, who is actually going to show up with her, All right. if anybody. Now that we've clearly established that we record this show in the middle of a Sunday evening, you ready? <laughs> we didn't date ourselves, did we? From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting. Music to put you in the mood, courtesy of your pharmacist. We'll tell you why the audio version of The Little Blue Pill is a pretty bitter pill to swallow. The connected car. Half the vehicles on the road will be dialed into the internet within the next five years. Look around you today, one in five on the road already is. Bringing virtual reality to the bleak reality of air travel. We'll tell you what Qantas has in store down under for over your face. Plus, a Geeks and Beats update on when Apple's wearable hits the store shelves and why musicians can't rely on YouTube for a living. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. It's the plumber. I found this, um... The 23-minute musical sex workout. Not because I was looking for anything in particular. No, no, not at all. You were just browsing. I was, I was browsing, and this... I don't want to say where I was browsing to find this, but... Um, according to people who study such things, and there are... The average British couple, and again, this is another thing out of the UK, the, the British do these things. The average British couple spend 22 minutes and 48 seconds in the act of coitus. <laughs> it's, that's a very specific time. I know. You know what that is? That's about the length of time of a sitcom. <laughs> it is, actually. And if you took all the commercials out of uh, Family Guy, that's exactly how long it would be. <laughs> a company, uh, a British pharmacy chain called Superdrug, has decided uh, to create a 23-minute soundtrack that they say is designed to help couples burn calories while they, while they boink. H hang on, wait a minute. If the average couple spends 22 minutes and 48 seconds, they only made the soundtrack 23 minutes? That's right. Well, that's not very optimistic at all. They gave you 12 seconds overtime. <laughs> Just to go the extra distance. So, this is from a pharmacy, so it's kind of like a prescription, I suppose. <laughs> so it must be true. Over-the-counter sort of remedy. Mm. <laughs> you are supposed to wear headphones 
for maximum effect. Because that's super sexy. It, very sexy. Nothing like a big set of beats to have uh, on your head. Uh, never mind. Um, it would be best to have wireless headphones, but if you don't, uh, there's actually they actually suggest that you uh, get one of those iPod or iPhone armbands and plug into one of those. And, and, and I don't get why you would need headphones for something like this. Why don't you just crank the tunes? I I, I don't know. I'm I'm just reporting. Okay. Um, so basically, what this is like is listening to music much like you did when you were 16 and grappling in a car. However, the music is, it's awful. It is, it is, it is just absolutely, terribly, horribly awful. It sounds like the, not even good porn music. It sounds like bad 80s electronica. It really does. It's, this is terrible. And 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 what does it say about how you feel about your partner when your musical selection is based upon what some faceless, nameless individual at a pharmacy chose? Shouldn't you be sitting down in front of your iTunes and compiling a proper playlist? Yeah, like a sexy playlist, but you put, okay, honey. All right. uh, We've got the kids uh, put to bed. The uh, pets are in their, uh, uh, in their cages. Uh, I've lit a couple of candles. Uh, have you got your headphones on? Exactly. So, <laughs> and the other thing is, is, when you're wearing headphones, it doesn't allow for a lot of communication. Well, I was just going to say, particularly considering that whole kids in the next room thing, you don't want the headphones to go on and it be along the lines of, is this good for you? <laughs> because you always speak louder when you're wearing headphones. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. This this reminds me of this as a variation on the mixtape. Did you ever have a crush on a girl and you made her a mixtape? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I used to do that quite a bit. Way, way, way back when, yeah. I had a girl give me a mixtape once, and I was so oblivious, I had no idea that this <laughs> was an indication of amorous intention on her part. Yeah. And when she said later on, did you get a chance to listen to the tape? I admitted I had not, and the crestfallen look on her face <sighs> put a little light bulb above my head and went, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah, see, so you're like me. You're totally oblivious to advances by the opposite sex. It is a miracle that you or I, you and I are married because we just don't read the signals. I'd like to be offended by that, but I think you're probably true. Oh, I, oh, listen, I know it. I, I completely know it. We... Uh, I mean, my wife and I go out and, and sometimes she's across the room and she sees other women talking to me. And then she comes back later in the night and says, that woman hit on you. That woman hit on you. That woman hit on you. And it's like, what? Really? So no wonder I had such a really dry college. Well, you know, and I think you may want to talk to wifey as well, because um, she makes no bones about it. Um, I'm on her Facebook page right now and she writes, I write romance novels, and my husband is the least romantic man on the planet. Wait! Or I write romance novels because my husband is the least romantic man on the planet. Is that... Really? Yes! Uh, my wife... Your wife's Facebook page. She basically called you out. Hey, what are you writing about me on Facebook? Are you calling me not romantic? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm more concerned that the dogs seem to react more than your wife. Uh, she just shrugged her shoulders and said, yeah, I am. Well, she's got this uh, love poetry generator uh, as a result of this uh, Facebook post deriding your uh, romantic skills. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, sh- I should probably troll my wife's Facebook page. What? The- <laughs> what the- 
Okay, here, here's, here's, here's your hot tip for any spouse whatsoever. You can make your spouse a uh, favorite on your account so that whenever they post anything ever, you get a notification about that. You just might want to do that. <laughs> I should. <laughs> so her love poetry generator has uh, adjective, verb, feeling, feeling, color, metal, holiday, verb, flowers, body, part, verbing, verbing, flower, noun, holiday, and romantic nickname. Okay, so what are you supposed to do with this? And so she, her, her, her example is, in summertime, our love is stinky like violet floating in the breeze. In wintertime, our love is warm. It perfumes from elbow to toes. If skies are blue, our love is nauseous to people fleeing in the sun. If thunder rolls, our love is dizzy, a refuge from the parading rain. Wow. See? I think this Valentine's Day, you've got a tall order to fill, my friend. Well, we are going to Dublin. We will be in Ireland for Valentine's Day. Which is a terribly romantic city. Forget Paris. Forget Venice. You want to go to Dublin, Ireland. Well, we'll go to a pub and pretend that we have read everything James Joyce ever wrote. Ladies and gentlemen, could you please tweet in Geeks and Beats uh, and uh, offer some alternative romantic suggestions for Valentine's Day for Alan Cross, who clearly is incompetent in this department. I totally incompetent. Um, I will be in Dublin, though. However, so if you have any Irish tips, I'll take them. <laughs> Back to the idea of having to wear headphones with this uh, musical sex workout, which, by the way, let's come full circle to this before we go any further. Why is it that a pharmacy is providing this? Is, is there some sort of medical subtext to this? No, I think it's just a, it's an interesting marketing uh, crack. Okay. It's just something that they're trying to do. Now, it's, it's, it's a marketing gimmick. So forget the headphones. If you've got a loud enough iPhone, you wouldn't need them. This is interesting. Um, I really don't care how loud an iPhone is. Now, what we're talking about here, somebody has taken every single model of iPhone from the very first, the 2G, up until the 6 Plus, and they've put a sound pressure level meter next to each of them. And this is the amount of volume okay. that each of these devices generates through their internal speakers, not through their headphones, but through their internal speakers. I don't really see the point because why would you listen to anything using an iPhone's internal speakers because it sounds crappy, but uh, it's been done. And just so you know, the loudest iPhone of all time is the iPhone 6, not the 6 Plus, but the 6. Oh, that's my model. Yeah, mine too, with uh, an average sound pressure level of 105.4 decibels, which is more than 10 louder than the original iPhone back in 2000 and what was it, 7? But what is 105.4 decibels comparable to? We can look that up. Go to the Intertron. I, I suppose the whole intent here is to not really listen to music, but to ensure that you hear the phone ring when it does. Oh, okay. My, my iPhone is rarely on ring. It's almost exclusively on vibrate. And that's only in part because I'm, I'm in a, a live television studio environment. Right. The other half of it is that I rarely ever hear it go off anyway. Okay. Uh, a power mower at, uh, at three feet is 107 decibels. A hand drill is 98. Oh. A snowmobile or motorcycle nearby is 100. So that's quite an extensive uh, comparison. Yeah, and it says here um, that exposure to sound pressure levels of 100 decibels should not be more than two hours per day. And exposure to that uh, pharmacy mixtape shouldn't be more than 23 minutes a month. 
stay away from that. I mean, you, you've heard it, so uh, there's 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 no need to to go any further than that. We've given um, Superdrug enough of a plug with that. All right, we're in the commercial break right now, and uh, the folks listening on the radio can't hear any of this, so we can talk about them. Or if you'd rather, we could talk about the most overused lyric in music. Hmm, what do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. Probably not even a word or a sentence. It's probably a sound. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, it's not la la la. Uh, it is whoa. <laughs> if you think about how much whoa is used in songs, uh, whether it be pop or punk or anything in between, that's the one that's used the most. Does it even count as a lyric? It is the human voice vocalizing. So, I guess. It's not exactly a lyric, but it's a sound. You've got a five-minute super cut. Yeah, I do. Let's play the whole thing. Is this our commercial break? <laughs> Trust me, we're not playing the whole thing. Mm. This ties into something we have been talking about in previous episodes. Uh, the most uh, frequently used title for a song, isn't, didn't we conclude it was The Power of Love? Something like that, yeah. And all that nonsense. The most commonly used words and lyrics, the most, uh, like, actual words and lyrics. How words and lyrics have changed over the decades and which words have become more prevalent and which ones have fallen out of favor. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can do anything with an Excel spreadsheet. So at what point does Tom Petty demand royalties. The interesting thing about Tom Petty is that a lot of his songs are very building blocky. They're not very complicated when it comes to melodic structure. So no wonder he's had three instances where he's been able to go to somebody else and say, huh, your song sounds a little bit like something I wrote. Well, no kidding, Tom, because your, your songs are often constructed with the sophistication of a nursery rhyme. <laughs> All right, hang on. Hooked up to the Twitter machine? Us too. Go to geeksandbeats.com slash contact and click the follow button. Or search for us on Twitter. You'll make us feel loved. Get the links to the stories we're talking about and uncover the secrets of the universe. So you got a new car coming soon? I do have a new car coming. Probably by the time this podcast gets posted, uh, I will have a, a new automobile. Uh, I have, it's three months early, but uh, anybody who's ever leased a car knows that when you get to within 90 days of your lease expiring, your dealership will pull out all kinds of stops to try and make sure that they flip you into a brand new car. And that's uh, exactly what happened with my dealership. So the new vehicle is? Uh, it is going to be another stupid... Uh, uh, a Porsche? Uh, yes. 911. No, it'll be a Cayman S this time. Okay, now what's what's the difference between a Porsche 911 and a Cayman S? They are two completely different models. Porsche makes Boxsters, Caymans, 911s, Cayennes, and Macans. Peanut, hazelnut, cashew nut, macadamia nut. That was the one that was sent her <laughs> into a, going crazy. She said, you stop naming nuts. As well as panoramas. And I cannot afford a new 911 because I got a stupid deal on my last one. So I am stepping down a level to the Porsche Cayman. Oh, you must be crushed. Well, no, I'm not because it's still a very good car. I'm getting a Cayman S mm -hmm. and it is very well appointed. Apparently somebody ordered it, 
but did not take delivery of it. So this thing is sitting in the showroom at a substantial discount. And I just can't say no. As of 2013, 23 million vehicles worldwide were considered connected cars. And we expect by 2020, that figure to jump to 152 million, according to Statista. Is your vehicle one of these connected cars? No, this is one of the things that really bugs me. I spent an awful lot of time looking at similar vehicles. I looked at Jaguar. I looked at Lexus. I looked at Corvette. And in many cases, all those cars have more connectivity. None of them are rolling hotspots, with the exception of the Corvette and its uh, OnStar system. Uh, none of them are, um, are, are totally connected, but they have better connectivity than than what I'm getting. But uh, so so I'm probably you know still two or three years from getting the kind of car that I've lusted after, as far as infotainment is concerned, mm-hmm. which bugs me. But you know, what are you going to do? According to this infographic, more than half the vehicles sold worldwide today uh, will be connected either through embedded technology, tethered technology, or smartphone integration. So are we basically talking about cars being rolling internet connections more than anything else? Well, it depends on the vehicle that you're talking about. For example, with GM, you have OnStar. OnStar has already has been a form of connectivity for, for years, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be able to... You know, OnStar has has is evolved to the point where you you are a, a, a rolling Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, there were some other vehicles. I think Chrysler is involved in this. I could be. I would never buy a Chrysler, so I wouldn't know. My little sidebar thing about Chrysler, yes, it, which it piqued my interest because you said Chrysler as opposed to Chrysler, oh. is. I spoke to Buzz Hargrove. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, uh, the head of the... Uh... The former head of the Canadian Auto Workers Union. He told me one time that they actually sat down at the union and had a conversation saying that they would call the company Chrysler as opposed to Chrysler because someone was genuinely concerned people would associate Chrysler with Christ. No, come on. Yes. That's why he's got that Chrysler drawl to him. And that's why half the freaking Canadians in the, in the country now call it Chrysler. It's not Chrysler. Okay, so I'm not buying a Chrysler. <laughs> I'm buying a Porsche. So. Yeah, and, and if you bought a Porsche, I would probably be quite upset with you. Porsche, two syllables, please. Nine billion vehicles so far have some form of driver assist, according to Statistica, or Statista, whereas by five years from now, that's going to be 49 billion. That seems like an awful lot, even nine billion. Or is that the dollar value in euros of the connected car market? Yeah, I think it would be the dollar. I don't think there are 9 billion cars on the market today. Sorry. I hope not. Otherwise, uh, the planet is doomed. Well, it's doomed anyway, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I don't, less doomed. But yeah, I, I, I've, again, I've been looking at a lot of these infotainment systems, and some of them are really super cool. But um, not every, so we're still waiting for some standards. I want you know there to be... Apple CarPlay to be an option in my next vehicle. I thought it was going to happen this time, but we're nowhere near that. Yeah. So maybe this is a three-year lease, so maybe in three years from now, that will uh, that will be the case. Uh, Geeks and Beats writer Matt Padani has reported on uh, Qantas bringing virtual reality to in-flight entertainment systems. Now, I have never flown Qantas. I have flown many, many airlines, a great many hundreds of thousands of miles, but I've never flown Qantas. Please, 
Tell me about this. Well, according to Padani, Samsung's putting its smartphone-powered virtual reality system in a three-month trial with uh, Samsung Gear VR headsets and the Galaxy Note 4, because that's what sort of slips into the headset there, uh, if I understand correctly. Right. And uh, they're only for those willing to shell out for the premium seats, of course. He says there won't be any binge-watching of your favorite shows because passengers will have a limited amount of time with the device, and they'll have to share it with their cabin mates. Have you ever taken one of those uh, airline headphones and wondered how many other people wore these too? Yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. I mean, I don't like using the bathroom on an airliner because, yeah, no, no, I, I no, I won't be doing that. But wait, wait a minute, you I, take it, transatlantic flights, and are you telling me you hold it in for your 16-hour flight to the Caribbean compound? No, 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 I didn't. No, no, I, I take trans-pacific i tra take transpolar flights and no there's no way that you can actually hold it no but i don't like using those bathrooms well who does but i do because what are you going to do say can you you know stop off in kazakhstan on our way to singapore because i could take a whiz it doesn't work that way i wish it did louis ck and his new uh comedy uh uh, album, not just a comedy album. It's uh, the show that he did at the comedy store. Uh, he's got this this funny thing about how if you ever want to land a plane, like it doesn't matter where the plane is going, all you would need to do is sit in your seat and repeat down, down. <laughs> do that often enough, they'll land the plane for you. Yes, and you'll never fly again. In addition to the entertainment system, uh, Padani reports that Qantas plans to use the VR headsets for tourism in an advertising vehicle to take virtual tours of travel destinations, airports and lounges, and watch the plane land from a runway worker's perspective. See, that's kind of cool. There are some uh, airlines that have tail cameras and um, belly cameras. Oh, yeah, that'd be neat. Yeah, so with the in-flight entertainment system, you can actually watch the plane as it's in flight, as it's taking off, and as it's landing. It's it's really kind of cool. But I, all right, that'd be all right. Own one of the craptastic mugs of the world's most popular podcast and support the show. You, too, can use the power of science to hold liquids, both hot or cold. Visit geeksandbeats.com today. Time now for a Geeks and Beats update. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. We are rolling in the dough, courtesy of this Patreon system, for you to be able to donate to the show to keep it going. Are you uh, keeping a spreadsheet of uh, how much money we're, we're, we're making? $38. Uh, this is total or per program? Per episode. No, really? I'm telling you now, you, you're going to pay for that Porsche in no time. <laughs> 13 patrons have made it possible, uh, including uh, Grant Ridge, who is the co-producer of this particular episode. Uh, Grant hails from Brampton, Ontario, and is a big fan of the Allen Cross. I'm sure you're uh, surprised to learn. Well, I'm, I'm grateful and flattered. Thank you. 
Yeah. Uh, Grant uh, says that uh, he's got a big affection for whiskey, single malt or bourbon. He is a sports fan, uh, but he admits that he only watches the Super Bowl for the ads more so than the competition. You know, we have a big CRTC ruling that states that come the Super Bowl 2017, Super Bowl LI, um, the Canadian broadcaster, whomever it would be, will not be permitted to simultaneously replace the American commercials with Canadian ones on the American channels. Therefore, if you wanted to, you could flip the channel and watch the American commercials. And the reason why they did this was because of the big hue and cry by the public. I don't get it. We spent all of this time bitching about commercials, and then we bitch about not being able to watch commercials once a year. Oh, because the best commercials are on the Super Bowl. But they're still commercials. I, I understand that, but sometimes the commercials are off are better than the game itself. Yeah, but you know what? You got this thing called YouTube. It's finally on computers. I know. I know. In fact, if you go to, uh, again, we've established that we're recording this on Sunday evening. If you go to a NBC Tumblr site, you can find them all there. Uh, BuzzFeed has had the best commercials up there for a couple of days already. The, uh, the commercial creep with the Super Bowl has extended substantially over the last couple of years because the last thing that these advertisers want to do, spending $3 million on a commercial spot, um, is is to have somebody ignore it. So they're leaking them early or they're posting them early because of the, the huge, huge uh, interest in them. And I think this is absolutely fascinating that, and you're absolutely right, we don't care about commercials or we hate commercials up until the Super Bowl when we absolutely, we, 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 take our, our, our pitchforks and torches and go to Parliament Hill demanding that the people in Gatineau uh, let us watch these commercials unfiltered. So, Grant, thank you very much for being the co-producer of this episode. Grant will get uh, not only his uh, name on the big show, as we've been discussing, we'll also fire him off uh, a copy of the album art for that episode so he can print it off and uh, frame it and hang it in his parents' basement. We also want to thank the interns on this episode who donated a dollar per show. Frank Favari, Paul, Kevin Priestley, Steve Robertson, Robin Calda, Corey Mosher, Bevan Lance, Mike Wise, John Buffoni, The Straw Hat No, Joe G, and our first ever intern. Turn on the big show, Gary Stuthers. Hmm. We're going to have to come up with um, titles for these people. Yeah. So if you go to geeksandbeats.com slash donate or patreon.com slash geeksandbeats, uh, you can plug in uh, to become a patron of the show. And uh, every time we create a new show, we actually ding you for a single dollar. You can put a total budget limit as to the number of dollars that you'd be willing to contribute. We'll make sure that you get the episode before everybody else as well. Good. This is very good. I didn't think this would work. I'm telling you, at this rate, we should extrapolate from $11 to $38 to where we would be at the end of the year. I'm swearing we could probably buy a small island at this rate. Because we are ex- we are increasing our revenues exponentially. The power of mathematics is on our side. The other thing you can do if you're not interested in donating a buck an episode is you can open up your wallet even wider and buy a Geeks and Beats Miracle Travel Mug of Traveling. Go onto the Twitter machine and using the hashtag GNB, N as in Norman, GNB Mug Tour 2015. Uh, see where all your other uh, fellow Geeks and Beats listeners have been uh, taking pictures with their mugs. The most latest is uh, from Andrew Pop. Uh, he's got a picture of his Geeks and Beats mug hanging over the chili as he drinks stout from it in his kitchen in Ottawa, Ontario. Very nice. Yeah. For the big game, of course. Super Bowl Sunday or Superb Owl Sunday. What? If you... Super Bowl Sunday? Superb Super- Owl Sunday? Oh, okay. Right, right. 
Wow. Yeah, we really got to get you out to a couple of a sp- sporting events. It's it's amazing that you're married. It's amazing that you've passed any sort of... I married a woman who doesn't give a rat's ass about sporting events. That's the only reason why I'm married. Really? All of the women at the Business News Network have been mocking me mercilessly. They are more of a man than I'll ever be <laughs> because I couldn't give a rat's about okay. the whole thing. All right. Well, I'm sure there are things that uh, you find fascinating that uh, they don't care about. Oh, there are a lot of things I find fascinating that women don't care about. <laughs> uh, one of them is the Apple Watch and a Geeks and Beats update for you as well as we get close to the official launch. Gizmodo says that uh, the most recent indication that, yes, they'll be shipping them in April is that the Apple stores are expected to be outfitted with special safes for the gold models. That makes sense. It's a piece of jewelry. It's a thousand bucks. That's what they're going to be selling it for? That's the rumored uh, price right now. Hmm. For what? A gold plated watch? For the gold-plated Apple Watch. So are you? Wait, are you going to get one? Well, see, this is the thing. Is full circle back to me not being half a man? Anyone else is? Is I have dainty wrists? Yes. So I am better to wear a woman's watch just because it it works with my my size. But these come in two sizes. There's the big one and the small one. And and that's actually very interesting because that's the way they've they framed it. In the olden days, they framed watches as being men's watches and women's watches. These ones, they don't say this is the men's Apple Watch and the women's Apple Watch. They're just different sizes. So I may very well uh, screw up my courage and my sexuality and go out and buy myself uh, an Apple Watch that is the smaller model so that it doesn't look like this massive thing, like a, a clock hanging around my neck on my arm. It would look like you're wearing an iPod on your neck. On your, on your wrist, yeah. Exactly. So you, you are going to go get one. I'm, I'm seriously thinking about it. Yeah, I'll probably get one, too. I'm going to be out of the country for the first part of April, so I won't have an opportunity to get one right away. I have to, well, I, I kind of have to get one, right? Well, you, that's what you said last week. But you've got the advantage that most of us don't, that you can write off whether you drop 350 bucks on it or $1,300 on it. It's my job. Because it's your job, whereas most of us can't. Now, my sources have been telling me that April 1st would be the date at which they would launch the Apple Watch uh, in North America. And we were making jokes about April Fool's Day. North? America or North America or, or just the U.S.? That I don't know for sure. But what I do know is also on April 1st, the Geeks and Beats 100th episode. Oh, well, isn't that nice? Is that the day that we'll be recording it or the day that it will be released? That will be the day that it'll be released. Uh-huh. And I've got some very interesting news for you. We are endeavoring to get Apple's own Johnny Ive on the program for the April 1st show. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Fine. We. Who's going to get Johnny Ive on the program? You? I've got the connections. If you <laughs> listen to the 100th episode of the Geeks and Beats podcast, our uh, big interview, uh, some of the other big interviews we've had, like Billy Idol and The Edge, those have been fantastic interviews. And I'm hoping that Johnny, who's very sort of laid back in, a, sorry, Sir Johnny Ive, right. who's rather laid back, uh, will be a dynamic uh, part of the big show. Fantastic. Well, tomorrow, which will be Monday, April, uh, February the 2nd, I do have an interview scheduled for uh, William Shatner. Um, like when you um, left your recorders for the last time and you, you opened up your safe, um, what was the combination? Get a life, will you, people? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, for crying out loud, it's it's just a TV show. I mean, look at you. Look at the way you're dressed. You, 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 you've turned an enjoyable little job that I did as a lark for a few years into a colossal waste of time. 
So we're going to have a good conversation with the chat. We are going to have a conversation with the chat. I you got to bring up that rivet. The rivet? The rivet, that three-wheeled trike oh, yes. motorcycle kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, his involvement in uh, the new Star Trek. I'm telling you right now, tell tell Shat, forget Star Trek. That's old news. You've got to talk to J.J. Abrams about getting a cameo in the new Star Wars. <sighs> that would be glorious, to, would it not? I don't want to be in the new Star Wars. I want to be in the new Star Trek, which is being written by Simon Pegg, apparently. Is this the, the Star Trek one where they fight Batman and Robin? Uh, are we gonna are we gonna do this again <laughs> no no let's just we're gonna take a commercial break yeah then because you know it's a good thing you're in another studio because i just punch you in the head <laughs> when we come back what does 56 million dollars get you if you're jay-z gets you a streaming music service we'll find out why he wants it If you're like me, and I know I am, you like beats and vaguely tolerate geeks. So you might as well friend us on Facebook. Geeksandbeats.com slash contact and click the like button. Or search for us on Facebook. You'll validate our existence, see the stories before everyone else, and bring us one step closer to achieving world peace. So I was mocking the uh, title music service, which the people were nice enough to, to call up the Geeks and Beats podcast and ask us if we could sort of get involved in some way, shape or form. And they wanted to give us uh, early access to it all. And I went to their website and this was the company that uh, said, you know, high definition music streaming is the future. You listen to these two tracks. One of them is an MP3 version. One of them is a high def music version and see if you can figure out which one is which of the five in their little test i couldn't get i got them all wrong yeah because you have 10 ears no i'm just a regular human being okay well listen high def music high res audio is not for everybody it is for people who claim claim or may in fact have superior hearing. That is not necessarily a, a boastful thing. It's just that there are some people who hear better than others. You see much better than I do. I hear better than you do. It's just that one of my senses is very well developed. And so Jay-Z dropped $56 million to buy title. Why? I don't know. See, this is a really good question. Jay-Z is, is an entrepreneur. He's a business guy. He's trying to... I hear he's also a rap star. Well, you know, on the very, very, very periphery of being a rap star, because what he wants to be is a mogul. And and he wants a piece of, you know, this the sexiest business to be in these days is tech. And... Jay-Z thinks that maybe buying Tidal will get him some kind of tech cred. And, you know, like he'll be like Neil Young and Pono, which, by the way, uh, just got a terrible review from uh, David Pogue at Yahoo. Yeah, that high-def music player doesn't make any sense to me. Never, never mind the fact it looks like a Toblerone bar, but I don't need a, an additional device in my pocket. No, you don't. But, okay, I think what we need to do is make a distinction here. If you want a portable high-res audio machine, you're probably wasting your time because you need high-quality headphones and you need to be able to hear in a low ambient noise environment. However, if you're at home where you can control the ambient noise and you have good speakers and good headphones, I highly recommend high-res audio because it sounds fantastic. Making it portable is dumb. It, this takes me back to um, the early days of... Um, 
high-quality car stereo. When I bought my first under-dash cassette player, it was a Roadstar, and all it had was bass, treble, fader, volume, and that was it. Um, later, uh, you could get some kind of um, in-dash or under-dash players that offered Dolby noise reduction, which I mm. thought was the dumbest thing in the world because with all the road noise and wind noise, you couldn't tell the difference. Same sort of thing with these portable high-res players. You're out and about, and, and unless you've got really good headphones and everything around you is quiet, you're not going to notice. It's a waste of money. So this brings us to the problem that Tidal will have when it comes to rivals like Spotify, RDO, and Pandora, which have themselves in things like the Sono Sound System and, and other streaming indoor music systems. Which makes sense. That works. Right. So until Tidal ends up on Sonos and other indoor living room music streaming systems, what's the point? Well, no. I have, for example, um, my computer hooked up in my office. I have it hooked up to a, a, a proper stereo system so I could stream Tidal out of my computer through my stereo in my office and get the benefit of it. But your office is under the stairs, and I don't think you're going to herd your entire guest from the div from the evening's dinner party underneath the stairs just to listen to the high-res audio. No, no, no. This would be for me listening into my off in my office. My No, no. My studio is under the stairs. My office is upstairs. Oh, okay. So I, I would probably find some value in that. In fact, I got to go back through uh, my emails. I, I saw the uh, the title email a little while ago, um, and I forgot all about it. So maybe I'm going to I'm gonna try that this week. All right. In the meantime... You know what really grinds my gears? This Lindsay Lohan. Eh? Lindsay Lohan with all those little outfits. Jumping around there on stage, half naked with, with your little outfits. You know? You're, uh, you're up there jumping around, and I'm just sitting here with my beer. So, you know, what am I supposed to do? What do, what do, you, what do you want? You know, are we going to go out? Is that what you're trying to... Why, why are you leaping around there, throwing those things all up in, uh, over there in my face? Huh? What do you want, Lindsay? Tell me what you want! Oh, yeah. Here we go again. Yeah, something tells me, though, that this version of Grind My Gears isn't the same as Peter Griffin's. Um, there was a story uh, on Digital Music News, and somebody says, my... S what was it here? It was P.J. Wasserman saying that some composer who had more than 151,000 plays of his music on iTunes... No, it was on, on YouTube. ...received a $10.02 payout. Yeah, well, cry me a river. Big deal. Now, on, on the surface, that does seem like a massive ripoff. And we have other musicians reporting similar financial horrors. How is somebody supposed to survive on that kind of income? And the answer is, you're not supposed to. Well, this couldn't possibly be your only source of income, and it, you expect to survive. Well, let me let, let me let me go through my argument. Okay, artists get royalties from a variety of sources. They get them from record sales. They get them from streaming services. They get them from radio and television in most countries. They get it from being heard in a hair salon through their uh, performance rights collective organizations. For radio. Uh, performing rights organizations such as SOCAN and ReSound collect a fee based on the percentage of a radio station's pre-tax revenues, gross revenues. So the more a station makes selling commercial time, the more it has to pay for the privilege of playing music as part of their business model. And this is the way it is for every radio station across the country. Same applies for television. Mm -hmm. There are also separate licenses for public performances, and they have to be paid by arenas and stadiums and clubs and stores and spas and restaurants and hair salons, anywhere copyrighted music 
whether it be live or pre-recorded, can be heard by the public. Okay, so if you're using somebody's music as part of your business, the rights holders of that music need to be paid. Fair. And the performance collective with whom you're registered, it could be SOCAN in the United States, it would be BMI or ASCAP or CSAC, there would be BPI in the UK. They collect the money on your behalf and they distribute it accordingly. Are, we, are you with me so far? So far, so good. Okay. Now, let's go back to radio. Okay. Here's what we're dealing with. It's called a blanket license. And it doesn't matter how many people listen anytime to a given song that's played over the air. So, I'm in a studio. I play the song. It goes out over the transmitter. 35,000 people could be tuned in or one person could be tuned in. Doesn't really matter. The payment is the same because it's part of this percentage of gross revenues. So depending on the day, your song could be pumped out from the same station through the same transmitter to the same geographic area. And it's either heard by a lot of people or 13 people and a dog. It doesn't matter. Either way, the fee that you receive as NARS will be exactly the same. And this is the way it's been since the 1940s. Streaming is completely different. Artists are paid according to the exact number of people who listen to a given song at a given time. Which seems like a reasonable thing to do. Right. So if 14 people are listening to you or, or 14 people have heard your song over X minutes or days or whatever it is, you are paid for providing this music to 14 people. And this payment is usually a fraction of a fraction of a cent, but it's still something for each and every play a song gets. So let's compare. One spin of a song on a radio station might be heard by tens of thousands of people all at once, which results in a payment of a few cents. A stream of the same song might be heard by the same number of individuals, but spread out over the course of a week or a month or longer. Hit songs uh, get more spins and listens and streams, meaning greater payments from both radio and streaming services, resulting in higher royalty payments. So however you slice it, the net result is the same. I play the song once, it's heard by 151,000 people. I play, I have the song available on my streaming site, and over the course of a week, it's heard by 151,000 people. Got it? How does this bring us back to YouTube and more than 151,000 people listening to music and dealing with the commercial beforehand and the guy only gets 10 bucks? Again, we can't compare streaming to sales. And that's what a lot of people are doing. Oh, 151,000 people heard my song and I only get $10. Whereas if 151,000 people had bought my song, I would have received 151,000 times $1.29 or whatever the number is. You, it's, it's an apples to apple, it's an apples to oranges comparison. You can't, it just, just doesn't work. So there's, there's, there's no way that you can complain about only getting $10 for 151,000 YouTube plays because you would have gotten less money for, for that uh, by having one play on the radio and heard by 151,000 people. So the, the problem is the artist issue is not with the streaming music services. It's with the deals those streaming music services cut with your collectives and with your your record label. Yeah, try telling this to Taylor Swift. Well, different story because she's already she's also selling a lot of money. We need to start thinking of, in terms of listens and not sales. Those are the metrics. They're completely different. So, you if you're successful, you're getting lots of listens and a little bit of money uh, and maybe some sales and a little bit more money. So that's why did I make sense there? 
I, you tuned me out about three or four minutes ago. It's a complicated thing, which is why nobody wants to talk about it. All I wanted to talk about was why stormtroopers can be black, but you uh. talked out the clock here, Mr. Super Bowl type. Sorry. It was a complicated rant. Well, I could have done the same thing about the Emperor and Clone Wars and Clone Troopers in Episode 2 and Jango Fett and all of that. And Didn't we already establish that, that, that Stormtroopers could be black? Oh, yeah, I think we did. But Geeks and Beats writer Steve Feek put out a, an extensive explanation as to why I was wrong about them in the first place. And you don't want to hear it? That's okay. Okay, no, no, let's go. I'm always interested in your petty little concerns. Go ahead. Okay, so here's the deal. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323-319-NERD. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook. And get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation.